a podcast. Hello, listeners. I'm Zach. And I'm Valina. And we're just a couple of horror fans making a horror podcast. Welcome to This House Was Never Meant to Be a Podcast. We're going to cover the horror anthology shows that we can get our hands on. And what we were able to get our hands on was Tales from the Dark Side. And we're going to begin with the pilot episode, Trick or Treat. Zachy, tell me the plot of Trick or Treat. Start from the very beginning. Oh boy. The episode opens with our local miser, Gideon Hackles, with some of his men in suit friends. Those business associates. Who are all sitting around and talking about how financially secure this old man is. Gideon. His two men in suit buddies are Willie Tanner from ALF. His name is... Uh, Max Wright. Exactly. And some other guy. Yeah, their, their character names, they're listed as Mr. Bundle and Mr. Bindle. <laughs> I'm not really sure the pun may be intended with that, but they're very odd names. Yes. A Tweedledee, Tweedledum type of situation going on. An old Marley and Marley. Uh, so the entire town owes Gideon Hackles. Because he runs the most essential store in this tiny town. And he forces everybody on a line of credit, which he controls. So the entire town is indebted to this Gideon Hackles. And he has this fat wad of IOUs that he just swings around like rappers with fat stacks of money. And it's kind of weird why he has those. Because he makes it clear when he interacts with Mr. Bundle, a.k.a. Willie, um, that he prefers the actual paper IOU to receiving money. Like, Mr. What's-his-face Bundle was actually going to give him four pennies, oh geez, for coffee, because he was going to charge him for the coffee, and he doesn't actually want the pennies, he actually has him sign an IOU. Which does not sound like a secure business strategy in my book. But who knows on what level Gideon Hackles is working on here. (laughs) Well, people's debt is worth more to him than actual money. (laughs) When Gideon is at his market, his his little store in town, the general convenience store, we have the farmer of the town enter and his son. And I feel the episode's a little unclear as to how new to this whole situation that these two are. Because it seems like the farmer's been there for a long time, but are just learning about the practice around Halloween that Gideon does that we'll get to. Now, Gideon charges them for their goods and whatnot with an IOU surprise. And the kid then is told by Gideon about this special Halloween practice that Gideon does. Every Halloween, he opens up the his own house as this special, like, spook house type of deal where the kids can search his house and uh, the parents stay outside while the children go into this old man's house to look for IOUs. So that way they can be freed from their debt. But the house is so unbelievably terrifying that not a single child has found the IOUs yet after assumedly years of doing this. The farmer's son then is really interested in doing this because his father is in debt to him. But his father, the farmer, 
is telling him and Gideon that they're not going to do it and they're not going to fall prey to his horrible Halloween trickery. And Gideon is quite uh, upset by that and points out the fact that the farmer's son, Billy, Billy, that little Billy is the only person who has wanted to do this. And after that exchange, they leave the store and then comes in a second family, uh, a father and his son. And we have this father basically kind of half-threateningly boast about his son's toughness because he's toughened him up, presumably through physical application of uh, brutality. No, it isn't even presumably. He actually says he uh, toughened him up with his belt. Like, he beats that kid to make him not not afraid of, um, I guess, like, people in masks. So, uh, Gideon also charges him his IOU deal on that night. And then we have a flash forward. Oh, wait. But before we move on, I do want to mention that, like, that whole scene when he's talking to the parents and... The- like about their kids you know going over to his house uh the new farmer guy like he really kind of implies that like there's some real creepy stuff going on and not just like in the halloween sense like they make this we're, dude we're out talking a- <laughs> we're talking stranger danger level like alarms full just full alarm red sirens blaring you know the absolute strangerest the strangest danger you could get in and uh, it, it may have come across differently when this episode first aired. But watching it now, th- that stranger danger alarm is at full volume. So we flash forward later that night and Gideon is going home. He's got his wad of money and he's got his wad of IOUs. Like his pockets are just sticking out to the sides. It looks like it looks like one of those old aviator pants that have the big old puffage type of thing on the sides. And so he goes home. He walks over to his little Harry Potter room under the stairs and he puts the money in the safe. This is important. We'll get back to that later. It becomes relevant again. Um then he marches on upstairs. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He goes and puts the IOUs in a little compartment mm-hmm. inside of the fireplace and then leaves it like a little lip right above the opening of the fireplace. On the inside. On the inside of the fireplace. And I just want to say... That if he ever forgot those IOUs and decided to light up a fire in the middle of winter, because winter's not too far from Halloween, those things could go up in smoke. Oh no, he won't forget him. He like he like swims around in them like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> he ain't gonna forget that. His entire life revolves around those IOUs. <laughs> so after he hides his IOUs in his little safety area, and after he puts his money away in the safe. He runs upstairs where he's got this kind of comical room of pulleys and levers and switches and little strings that he can pull. And the like, Wizard of Oz. The Wizard <laughs> of Oz operation room. We kid you not. And he's got this periscope that views the front door. And he's got one of those little uh, conular little like speaker, speaker things that like on the playgrounds. 
and he gets his first trick or treater. It's a little girl in a witch costume. I think her name is Bessie. Yeah, it is Bessie. Named after the cow. <laughs> and so she uh she knocks on the door and he talks through the thing and like, "Oh, come in uh, if you dare." And uh so he brings her into the house and she's sent completely alone. And she has to search the house for the IOUs in this creepy old man's house where no adults are allowed. And the poor little kid. She's so terrified. Like, just immediately. Just immediately. Like, you can almost see tears in her eyes when she goes in there. And it's actually real world kind of terrifying for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) So this adorable little witch goes into the house and... She's in there for maybe, maybe half a minute before a skeleton springs up. And it's like a cheap skeleton. It's not even like one of those anatomical model skeletons. Like, this looks like it was probably a sugar skull type of skeleton just made out of, like, clay or something that just flips up and makes some kind of stock sound, like, stock ooga sound effect. And she bolts. She straight up runs out immediately. And I don't know about you, but I've never been scared of skeletons. I mean, we all have one inside of our bodies. It's too hard to yeah, be it's afraid just, of that. It's too commonplace. Like, you got to try a little harder than a skeleton. You know, like, it's not scary by itself. You have to have some context with it, you know? And, uh, yeah, with that scene, it's just a skeleton popping up out of the floor. And so she runs and her mom is disappointed in her. And that is important. And the old man is laughing hysterically. This is the best day of his life. His adrenaline is pumping. He's got serotonin just all throughout his body. He is just living the dream, making these kids suffer. He honestly makes that seem really, really fun. Like, I want to actually be in his shoes, just being an evil son of a gun, scaring the daylights out of these poor little kids. Like, it was just the best day of his entire life. Speaking of poor little kids, we flash, or not flashback, but we we transition back to the farm. Billy. And we see little Billy outside of the window, looking in and hearing his dad and his mom talking about this horrible thing with the IOU kind of deal that Gideon has got going on and that they're not going to do it. The mom is kind of wanting to like, like fancying the idea, but not really wanting to go through with it. And the farmer is like, no, no way. We're not going to have that. No, no. I know what he does to those poor kids and none of them are any better for it. And laying so, the creep factor back on that old man. Yep. Laying it on thick. And uh, so he decides to run off and he sneaks off in the middle of the night on Halloween night to go sneak into this old man's house completely alone. So we flat, we, we transition back the hard cut back to these two kids in completely ambiguous costumes. I have no clue what they are. I still don't. I've rewatched the scene multiple times. Can't place their costumes. I think IMDB lists them as a pirate and a mummy. Um, 
I would have. But they don't look like it. I mean, you might be able to say, "Oh, that's probably a pirate," but the mummy is just like a guess. I don't know who put it on the IMDb page, but yeah. like, it does not look like a mummy. There was like not nearly enough toilet paper for a convincing mummy for that <laughs> costume. It was not in the budget at the time. These two were like huddled together, all scared, just looking on in horror as they see this rubber bat with glowing <laughs> LED eyes jutting out of its eye sockets, squeaking and limply flapping its wings on the string as it saunters across the hallway towards them and they book it and the bat loosened itself and landed on the floor when Gideon comes to reset the scene yeah after each like scare he usually comes back to reset things um, so he has like moments where he's coming out of his little hidey hole and fixing things up to make it all fresh and new for the new kid exactly because you know you don't want you don't want your rubber bat sitting on the floor while the next kid comes in. That kind of kills the atmosphere, you know. Just seeing this little bat with glowing red eyes just sitting there limply on the floor doing nothing, you know. That that's not really good for scares, you know. You know, they, there's not really a whole lot of situations where you look at a dirty house and it's scary because like you know there's stuff laying around, you know. The haunted houses are kind of scary because they're empty most of the time or unused which is something that you probably never noticed but your brain did now the next scene is important because the next kid to come in is the second kid the, the belt kid yeah the kid whose father beats him he comes in in a devil costume oh yeah and his name's timothy if i didn't mention that before okay so little timmy Little Timmy is going in, and his father is, you're going you're gonna to get those IOUs. You're, you're going to get us out of debt, son. And so the kid walks in there, and he, uh, Gideon, Gideon is telling him, oh, do you believe in ghosts? Oh, that's one thing we actually didn't mention. That th while the kids are going through, like, their little haunted house, he's, like, speaking into the, you know, microphone or whatever. He's saying, like, oh, you're warmer. You're warmer. Oh, cold. You know, and he mm -hmm. uses that. Well, I mean, he essentially, like, lies. Like, whenever they get closer, he actually says you're colder. So he actually is kind of, um, and he's, he's. I mean, making them trust that he's telling them the truth, right? But he's, like, lying to make it even more difficult for a child to find the IOUs in, in such a difficult hiding place to begin with. Mm-hmm. So he's telling him about all the, oh, this house is haunted. You know, there's ghosts. And, and this kid is actually, he, one of the first places he looks is the fireplace. And he is almost there and the old man is like you're cold you're cold you're you're so cold oh, you're freezing and he's he's almost touching the iou but then all of a sudden a noise goes off in the hallway and he decides to go towards it but then but then he he loses his composure he runs he runs to the door right he hasn't left the house yet but he's scared he runs to the door and he's like you know there's no such thing as ghosts and then and then he goes back inside I don't, I, I feel narratively that didn't need to be there, but. Well, it uh, could be that he's either taking some sort of a comfort from seeing his dad or even like the opposite. If I, if I fail, dad's going to beat me, you know, so I better go back in there and face my fears, you know, or else I'm going to get it kind of a, a thought maybe. Yeah, but, I can see that. And then he goes back in and now he starts following the direction of Gideon, which we know is going to be a bad decision because he's already trying to mislead him to begin with. So 
he follows Gideon's direction, right? And he, he goes down that hallway that he heard the noise. And he starts walking closer and closer. And then this, and then, and then, all of a sudden, this giant taxidermy bear <laughs> swings in in like a 90 degree rotation and just, it's <laughs> a stock bear sound effect. And it's not moving. It is literally just arms up like a, like a gummy bear, but like a real bear. Just swoops in, just whoa, and scares the kid. And he books it out of there. And Gideon is in hysterics. We see tears going down his eyes. There has never been more joy in that black heart of his than there was at that moment. And you see this curly little blonde kid in the devil costume run and go clutch his daddy. And, and his dad hugs him. And this ticks off Gideon. Yeah, because this is the man who's been, like, literally, you know, hitting him, right? And in that moment, after his son, like, emerges from the house just in absolute terror, instead of yelling at him or treating him badly, he just hugs him. And it's, like, it's kind of, like, a big moment, like, in the show. And then Gideon just, like, his entire hysterics, all this happiness, does, like, a 180, and he's... He's so mad. Like, he even says something like, oh, the people t- are backwards yeah. these days. Yeah, like, this is just the worst thing that this father would show his son love, which is probably telling of Gideon himself. Everybody Gideon himself, backwards actually. these days. Backwards. <laughs> and he, he marches back inside. And he goes to push the bear back into place, you know, because it's clearly just like a button release type of spring loaded thing. And he pushes the bear back into its corner. And he's like, <sighs> and then he turns around and then. The bear lets go and it moves towards him and it, it, you know, grabs him by the shoulder, you know, just kind of like as much as a non-moving bear can do. It swings back around and hits him in the back a little, just a little bit. And he, he's just like, what? what? And he, he, he pushes the bear back and that's the first weird thing. Then after that, he goes and the windows are blowing in air, I believe. And he's like, I didn't open these windows. And he closes it. And then he goes upstairs back into his little control room because he's reset everything. And all of the little pulleys and whatnot, all the little all the little rope dangly things are all just flapping and dancing and swinging and flinging and all of this jazz. And they're all just having a, a lively time. And it's like, like they're all going off in like in the middle of an earthquake and getting and and he goes and he like grabs them all and he's just stilling them you know just stopping them from shaking and then he knows that there's someone at the door he hears a a, a, a ding type of deal and so he goes up to his periscope and he sees a witch a full-grown witch an actual witch warts green and big nose everything oh she is very creepy like she's like if freddy krueger decided to dress up as a witch like, yeah and just went full makeup and everything the same expression too yeah and she's just like <laughs> chick or treat <laughs> and, and he's like no adults and you know he he goes he, he storms down there and he's gonna go confront this witch he's like no adults in halloween what are you some kind of weirdo and and he opens the door and you see that she has her broomstick and she's sitting on it. And then all of a sudden you see some like stuffed socks and shoes just float <laughs> off the ground and glide into his house. And she's an actual witch. 
and she flies in there and he's just losing it and he runs and she i think opens the windows and blows a bunch of papers around yeah and then she gets the ious oh yeah yeah but what what happens is then he runs into his his harry potter room and there's this mummy pirate in his safe room. He's already got the safe open. He's just holding the money and he's just he's just chucking it, making it rain, you know. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my money. <laughs> and and then the witch is just like in the earlier room where the window had opened, and she just holds out her hand, and all the money just flies into it. And she like grabs the IOUs. And now it gets a little blurry at this moment. I don't quite remember exactly what led to this next part. But Gideon then goes into his hallway and there's a room. It's he there's like bits of money like flying through the air and he's oh, chasing after them. And right. Then, like there's like this weird I think it was like reddish like light filling the hallway. Yeah, coming from one of the rooms. And it's it's kinda weird at this point because Gideon is almost in a dreamlike state. He's no longer mm-hmm. in his full, like, present mind. And he keeps just muttering, money, 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 my money, money. And he's just, like, following, like, the trail into this room. Yes. Or he hears, cold, warmer, warmer, hot. <laughs> and he, he enters the room, and it, it is just absolute hell. Literally, literally. <laughs> there, there are demons and you see Satan just seductively doing the single finger kind of beckoning, just warmer, warmer, you're hot, you're on fire. <laughs> and, and Gideon has nothing other, uh, he doesn't say anything other than money, money, money this entire time. Like he, mm-hmm. like I said, he's just not there anymore. He's just following the trail of money into this like giant hole behind the uh, devil and just crawls into it. And like, he's just like, okay, I'm not going to go back. Like, this is it. And then he just kind of stays there. He doesn't like, oh, I'm going to leave, you know. And then the door closes or anything like, no, he's just, he's just, okay, this is where my path leads. And where the money leads. <laughs> where the money leads. Uh, the box stops here. <laughs> but, uh, so after that, we now see the farmer kid. And uh, he Billy. has just arrived. Like, he just walked through the graveyard. He missed everything. He missed everything. So he walks through the graveyard and to Gideon's front door. And he makes it to this front door. And he looks through the people and he sees this witch on the other side of the room. And he's just like... Don't stop it, Mr. Gideon. I know it's you. And then she opens the door and it's like the same witch lady. And she she hands him the IOUs. And he's like, okay. And then she takes off into the night. And he's just sitting there astounded. And then after that, the camera pans back. And we see in the graveyard a new real gravestone. That reads Gideon Hackles. And that is how the episode oh. ends. It said, his gravestone also said, he took it with him when he went. <laughs> <laughs> Truly great words to have on your tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of the pilot episode. And to be completely honest, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but it's not bad 
Yeah, I mean, it's really fun, like, particularly just to get into the spirit of Halloween, because that old man is having a gosh darn blast, and <laughs> it really makes me want to, like, celebrate Halloween. It just makes me wish Halloween was happening right now, yeah. and that I was in that old man's house, or the old man himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, the biggest dividing part of this episode that really pulls it back from being great because I love Gideon's reactions mm -hmm. to all of the kids suffering. It's fantastic. He's so evil. <laughs> but uh, the biggest thing holding this episode back is honestly the change. Now, whenever there is anything that happens for any particular reason in a in a show that where where you learn a lesson. Like the Twilight like, Zone or something. Or A Christmas Carol, which this is very much like. Ultimately, there needs to be a cause for this change. In A Christmas Carol, the reason why Ebenezer Scrooge is visited by the three ghosts of, Hall of uh, Christmas... <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> ...is because of his friend Marley's death. Marley is the one who sends these ghosts over... Because Scrooge needed to learn these lessons because Marley suffered because he didn't learn. So that is the catalyst for why that happens. In this episode, it's not too clear what starts this change. Mm -hmm. Why is it different this year than all of the previous years? Yeah, and we have like two different possible like ideas as why like this happened this year and not like a previous year. Um... Like, I personally think that it's the behavior of the abusive father that when he hugged his son, like, he, he instead of, like, punishing his kid for not finding the IOUs, um, he shows him love. He, he pauses for a moment to look at his son, look at how terrified he is, and then he hugs him. And this, I mean, of course, upsets Gideon. You know, which I think is important because, you know, Gideon was so happy. I mean, he could have just ignored it. I mean, he didn't get the IOUs. He came close, but he didn't. But what angered him was that the father showed his son kindness when he had previously been awful to him. Um, and I think particularly because he was, I think, the very last child in right before, like, the wit the real witch comes in and, like, the rest of the real Halloween creatures start, like, yes, you know, the taking the revenge. Yes, the spirits of Halloween. Yeah, the spirit of Halloween. <laughs> They literally come in and, like, avenge all the children. And I feel like that was the defining moment. Um, but, Zachy, what was it that you thought was the actual ch changing, like, the key change that it brought this about? Now, that's the, the important thing that I brought up earlier was whether or not the farming family was new to this. Because it's clear within the episode that they're the ones being described to what this whole thing is. Everyone else is already initiated. Everybody else knows this whole system. And they've been doing this for years and failing to succeed. The farmers don't know this. The kid doesn't know this. And keep in mind, this kid ain't like five years old where it's possible he could have never heard of this before. This kid is like 10 or something. So he's old enough to have heard from other kids about this. So the question was, how new is this family to this? And was it this kid's drive to go and get those IOUs and truly knowing the truly going in without fear to try to get the IOUs and do something noble for someone else was the catalyst for the, the ghosts of Halloween to visit old Ebenezer Scrooge. 
And even with that, it might not even be the kids' actions, but the parents. Because, like, his father just said, yo, you're not going. Like, yeah, sure, you could, like, you know, get us completely debt-free by finding the IUs, but, like, that's an awful thing he's doing, and I'm not going to let you take part of it. So, again, it's sort of like the parents caring about their children, which, like, could have, again, been the catalyst, even with it, with, uh, Billy, you know, being the one to, like, sneak out anyway. There's, you know a lot of reasons why the new family could have been the catalyst for uh you know vengeance so you think that the parents choosing love and uh forgiveness over greed is the catalyst for why the uh events of the episode take place yeah actually now you put it in that turn in those terms i think that is probably true particularly because like the the old man gideon he is so greedy he literally goes to hell because of his greed he follows money down there he doesn't even stop saying money when like he's going down the hole so that's probably that's probably it like you know at least two parents of the town had a moment where they were not greedy and completely not motivated by greed so maybe you know maybe that was it maybe it was the both of them i do feel that if that was the case because i mean i do like that theory a lot I feel they should have made it a little stronger if that was the intended purpose. Yeah, and that is actually what brings the episode down a bit. Because I like multiple interpretations. I like talking about something and thinking about it more. But they didn't do it in a way that was necessarily open-ended. They did it in a way that made it feel like they didn't quite know which one it was. And it it felt kind of random. Like, Mm. we're just kind of digging into it more. But, you know, to figure out why this change occurred. But it feels like it just kind of happen randomly you know Mm. so we can draw that from it but i'm you just get the feeling that that is not really what was intended like it just it just happens and there isn't an explanation or if it was intended they didn't go hard enough for it so you like to rate these on a star system what would you rate this episode uh you know i think i would rate it like a three and a half like okay before i say you know that like permanently i want to say like one star is mike malois three stars like perfectly average that's perfectly fine which is not bad yeah it's just average and then a five is like i want to marry this episode i love it so much and don't worry there's a handful of those in this series (laughs) oh yeah they're coming and i cannot wait to get to them so this episode i would say is like a three and a half it's it's better than average but not quite deserving of the full four stars it's better than bad it's good (laughs) it's better than bad it's good but i'd have to agree with that it is better than average like average average like there are a handful of episodes we watch it and it's like oh yeah that was average uh but this is better than average it does have it feels like it has this message it wants to say and it has this this intent and love behind it i just feel like they kind of fumbled it a little bit like you know that parent that's holding the baby and almost drops him but doesn't <laughs> that is exactly how this episode feels they do love that child but maybe they made a mistake or two, but that's not going to take away from the whole package, you know? So I'd say it's definitely a good foot to start on for this series. And I don't know if I can say the same for the first official episode of this series, The New Man. Yeah, because this was the pilot episode. The, the, it's not actually the first episode. The first episode is, like what Zachy said, is The New Man. And that is what... I assume viewers would actually have started with, and it is less than good. It is actually exceedingly frustrating, but we'll get to that. But we'll expand on that later. All right. That covers it for today, folks. 
tell us how the listeners can find us. Uh, well, you can find us on podcast.com, which is where you probably are listening to us right now. Um, or I guess iTunes, which is there as well. But if you want to email us, you can actually do so at thishousepodcast at gmail.com. And I'm working on an Instagram. It may or may not already be up, but there is nothing there yet. So I'm not going to give you the name of it. So rate us on iTunes and leave us some reviews because that helps us very much with our ability to be seen by others. So if you help us, we'll be able to grow and reach more listeners. Please give Carl Casey a big shout out because he did our intro and outro song, Grave Encounters, and I love it. So that concludes our episode for today, folks. So take care. Bye.